Oh, ha, 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 ha. Welcome, creatures of the night. Well, I'm just kidding. It's, uh, it's the Halloween episode. Okay, so today we've got some cool stories about um, some of the spookiest gaming urban legends, uh, the history of horror games, uh, oh yeah, and the hot coffee controversy, which is, wow, okay, <laughs> I'm sure you've heard of it, but dang, every time I hear about it, it blows my mind. Uh, so yeah, get ready, it's gonna be fun. Okay, so I'm sure you've all heard about the hot coffee controversy for in video games, not like, oh, my dad forgot to put the coffee out and my mom was mad or whatever. <laughs> Uh, no, so this is spooky and real. It's not spooky and fake like that chupacabra that's good at Guitar Hero. This is real. So I love true crime podcasts, probably like a lot of you. And I heard about this story on my favorite. Her Murphy Murders, hosted by Peel Murphy, and has a video game connection, which definitely caught my attention. Anyways, in 1996, the detectives that were on the task force for the Green Hill Strangler, they find a dilapidated cabin in the woods at midnight. They open the door and the first thing they notice is a disgusting smell and the sound of a TV just blaring the music from Sonic the Hedgehog. The report didn't say which track or from which level or which game, which would have been very nice to know. Uh, I wish I knew that. That's important. Anyway, so it was totally like that scene from Silence of the Lambs where she's in the dark and the dude has the night vision, except there's Sonic the Hedgehog music. So they creep into the room with the TV and it's all, you know, dark, just the light from the TV is the only light in the whole house static is just going on somehow static and the music for sonic the hedgehog i don't know what they're dealing with a madman so they creep into the room and find a weird altar in front of the tv there's a bowl of czech cereal on the table but instead of cool milk inside it's full of hot coffee Ugh. Okay, now it's time for the spookiest gaming urban legends top 10. Number one, young Grieg Montcrief bought a Dreamcast at a yard sale. Super lucky find. He came home, he starts playing, and everything seems fine for a while. He's real into Crazy Taxi. He loves that, uh, you know, the Offspring song on there. That yeah, 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 whatever, however it goes. Anyways, he loves that. He plays that like 10 hours a day. But over the next few weeks, his family starts noticing some unusual things occurring around the house. Number two. Okay, this one happened to me, believe it or not. So I bought this Game Boy game, Tappity Tapson. Uh, pretty good game. Nah, it's kind of a puzzle platformer. It's fine, whatever. Uh, the story is the weird part. So I pop in the Game Boy, pop the game into the Game Boy on the way home, and it just doesn't start. Nothing like the Game Boy turns on, you hear the little bing, and then the game never, never starts. So I take it out, take the cartridge out, and there's something like loose and rattling around inside. Um, I, don't, I don't know what it is. So I wait till I get home. I kind of pop it open with a screwdriver and fuck, holy shit, there's a live scorpion inside the cartridge. It tries to sting me and I just like slammed the whole thing in the garbage, never looked back. Luckily I got a full refund, so. Okay, number three. So I'm sure everyone's heard of that Polybius, you know, that kind of gaming hoax urban legend that the CIA made a, a mind control assassin game and released into the wild to trick kids into turning into mind control CIA assassins. It's fun, it's a cool hoax. Not true though, but what is true is that before they changed the name to Polybius, his name was Porpo Bolibibobus. 
Okay, number five. So this one, you know, remember Bonzi Buddy? I'm sure everybody remembers Bonzi Buddy, right? We all had that installed on our computers. So it, it came out with in, in the year 2000. And even if we're all not very familiar with the Bonds, as his friends like to call him, I know I do. Uh, I bet nobody remembers the Cyberhunks. It was another similar virtual desktop assistant, but instead of that adorable purple monkey, the Cyberhunks was a trio of muscular animated, well, <laughs> hunks. You know, big muscle hunky guys. Uh, so they'd appear on your screen and they'd dance and offer offer up some encouragement about your workout routine, like, you know, oh, keep lifting those weights, you can do it, you got it, buddy. And then then also they would do, you know, the usual virtual assistant stuff, like giving you news and weather updates, and, you know, if you, like, forgot your doctor's appointment, they would come out and be like, hey, I'm lifting weights, but you need to go to the doctor, you forgot. You know, it's pretty fun, I don't know. Uh, But inside this wholesome exterior was a dark, unwholesome interior. Whether or not this was just a bug, it's unknown, or, or, you know, some kind of malicious hacking attempt, no one really knows. But the cyberhunks could sometimes gain access to a user's secure accounts, including email. And what's worse is that the cyberhunks would then use their text-to-speech functions and read the user's emails out loud. Let's listen to an example recorded live in a college-crowded dorm during a party at UCLA in 2002. Reading user email. Janet, I can't lie. What you've heard is correct. I was arrested last year in Spain while I was on that trip. And yes, I did fuck a paella and burn my dick super bad. I hope you're happy. Feel the burn. This email reading brought to you by Muscle Milk. So, number 17, a young boy, Mike Smith, he's at the bowling alley with his family. He wants to play some arcade games while his family bowls, so he borrows a quarter from his mom. He goes up and he puts the quarter into Dig Dug. He starts playing Dig Dug, and you know, like all those arcade games back then, he dies in about 15 seconds. He dug in the wrong spot, and a rock falls and crushes the Dig Dug guy's head. Instead of just starting over with a new life, though, the Dig Dug guy looks Mike straight in the eyes out of the screen, and he says, Mike, kill me. Okay, so here's a fun story. It's not really about a horror game or anything super spooky, but I don't know. It's cool. Uh, I guess it is pretty spooky now that I think about it. So if you don't know, I'm a, I'm a bit of a game collector. I don't have a huge collection or anything, but it's all very carefully curated. I'll brag about it on some future episode. It's kind of all I got left. So anyways... I've been on the lookout for the German promo edition of Banjo-Tooie, the sequel to Banjo-Kazooie. It came out in 2000, one of my favorite 3D platformers. So this German promo version, it was released by Spielsplosion, which is probably the best German language video game I've ever seen. Top three for sure. So anyways, they only make about 25 copies of this promo edition, which is basically the same. The, the, the versions are basically identical, the promo and the, real, and the main version. Except that in the promo version, Banjo, he's wearing a shirt with the Spielsplosion logo on it. So they ran a contest in their magazine, and they were going to give these these 25 copies away to 25 of their subscribers. But anyways, this is tragic. Uh, so on the day they were going to go out and hand them out to the to the winners, the editor of Spiel Explosion he ran over the box with all the copies of the games in it. Utterly tragic. He destroyed 18 of the 25 copies, so there's only seven left. He was fired on the spot, and he died. 
three years later. So it's my gaming holy grail, personally. Uh, but of course, they're extremely expensive. The last time a copy went up for auction, it sold for $450 million. But, also, but, oh man, I've got one in my hot little hands right as we speak. Hold on, let me hold it up to the microphone so you can see it. Did you get a look, good look? Oh man, I can't believe it. I'm still so, so stoked about it. So, uh, it's complete in box, sealed, everything, the whole deal. So, here's the story of how I got it. So I'm on a work conference trip out in LA. You know, I'm gone for the weekend, staying at a hotel. And you know, I, like I'm a, this is maybe too TMI a little too much, but um, it's it's good background, so I'll let you know about it. Uh, so as a committed Christian, I don't. I worked at a deal with my pastor and my wife that I, I won't look at online porn. But the hotel had you know pay-per-view stuff you could rent. Is this a loophole? It's not online. It's still porn. Maybe maybe a loophole. Whatever. Uh, that's not the point of the story. Uh, so I rent this adult film. I'm a little embarrassed to say the title, but I feel like I got it. So it's called uh, Zen and the Art of Hot Babetenance. So I'm watching it suddenly. Something catches my eye. In between the actor's legs, I catch sight of a distinctive, like the N64 logo. I'm like, what's that? So I pause, you know, get down and like, I'm like two inches away from the screen and we get a close look. And yeah, right there behind the actors. There's a copy of, like in Banjo-Tooie, the German promo edition. It's got the little orange triangle on the side that the Spielsplosion logo. And I, I'm flipping out like I did one of those cartoon things where you go, wow, and you, you flip over in your chair. Like, that totally happened. So I'm like, what? I can't believe it. So, I, you know, I, I confirm it. Like, it's definitely, definitely the Spielsplosion Banjo-Tooie. Uh, so I'm like, then, then I start thinking like, why is that back there? It's so valuable and rare. Like they must not know what it is. If they knew what it is, it'd be like in a safe or in the safety deposit box or like buried in a barrel in the backyard or like walled up behind bricks in the attic or something like that. Not just, definitely not just in the book on a bookshelf in the background of a porn movie. So I'm like, maybe they don't know. Maybe, maybe they still have it. Maybe it's just in some, you know, random closet in the in the warehouse or whatever the porn studio i don't know if they have warehouses but. so i tracked down the producers of the movie called vivacious productions they're like offices in like chino ugh, so kind of a far drive uh, next morning i head out to their offices and like i'll skip a bunch of the detective stuff i did but like three weeks later i find out that there's a guy named blake boner who is the production manager uh, for that film and if anybody has it or if anybody knows where it is it's going to be Blake Miller. So I find his address, I track him down and I print out, I got this email from him and he tells me that I can have the Banjo-Tooie sequel, the Spielsplosion version for $500. $500. My hands were shaking then and they're still shaking. I can't believe it. So climb the steps, knock on his door and we're like, wait, what, is, what if he's doing a porn in there? Like is it rude to interrupt or is it is it just like a job like i don't know if i'm working somewhat i take a break for a few minutes and my job is boring i don't know maybe that's the same to him whatever but nothing's gonna get in my way i gotta have this banjo tui so i knock on the door but and he's not doing a porn in there and and but <laughs> this guy definitely knows about porn his shirt just says porn on it in big like normal letters like a white t-shirt that just says porn which is pretty hilarious so i'm like Hi, are you Blake? And he's like, yeah, buddy, come on in. So I go in and yeah, it's just to set the scene. It's a boring ass apartment. Like you've seen one, you've seen them all. White walls, shitty cabinets, gray carpet, you know, just dingy linoleum on the ground, huge bowl of popcorn on the table, like six feet wide, same thing. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. Every college apartment looks like this. 
Blake is just like a dude. I kind of expected him to like, I mean, he has the porn shirt. I don't know what I expected him to look like, like a porn guy. I don't know. But he's, he's just so unremarkable. I couldn't tell you if he was 22 or 52. But he did have those those kind of cool mirrored, you know, rainbow mirrored sunglasses that look good if you're like a snowboarder or a dog the bounty hunter. So this was like, you know, almost a month of hunting this down. So I'm kind of getting tired of it. And I, I just want the banjo too. So I say to Blake, okay, I'm tired of this. I've been doing this a long time, Blake. I got the cash. You got the 2E. Let's do this. And ugh, I should have known this was coming, but he's like, hey, what's the rush? Let's hang out, man. Have a drink. Get to know each other. And I'm like, but fine like just i'll have a drink give me the two eat then whatever and he's like oh great man you, you ever had a trash jaeger i'm like what like a jaegermeister made of trash and he goes yeah exactly homemade I'm like oh this starts setting off alarm bells but what the fuck? In for a penny, in for a pound. Give me the trash Jaeger, Blake, and give me the Tui so I can get out. So he's like, great. And he goes in the kitchen. And then this is funny. I don't know. Just kind of an incidental thing. But like I hear him open the fridge and then there's clunk, 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 clunk. And five Mountain Dew cans fall out of the fridge, I guess. And then they roll out of the kitchen, through the living room, down the hall, into his bathroom. Which like they're like little baby ducks or something i don't know it was so funny like he should get his foundation like that like it shouldn't do that anyways he comes back in with a bunch of stuff and, and the cocktail shaker and all that and he he's holds up each ingredient and shows it off like he's about to do a magic trick or like he's he's showing off some kind of soap in a commercial or whatever so he pulls out first he gets out some cheap vodka i remember this recipe like it was yesterday so here it goes first he pulls out some cheap vodka you know, like the crap that's in the plastic bottle on the bottom shelf at CVS. He pours some of that in the shaker. Then he opens a can of Dr. Pepper, pours a little bit more of that in the in the shaker. Then, okay, and this is where my eyebrows start start going up, because he pours in just a dash of grape cop syrup. I'm like, uh, okay. Then this is, this is fucked up, but also, like, I, I think this maniac's onto something, because he pulls out some of those Fisherman's Friends cough drops, you know? Like, old people use them. They're like turbo menthol and eucalyptus and a bunch of licorice flavor or anise or whatever. And as soon as I'm like, this, this guy, this might be onto something because, you know, Jaeger has a lot of like herbs and, and licorice flavors. I don't know. So he, he gets one of those avocado guacamole masher things of mokola, mokola, moke, mokola, mokola, mokola jet. Uh, you know, the, the guacamole thing. Anyways, he mixes it all up, mashes it in the thing shakes it up, strains it over ice into one of those Star Wars cups from McDonald's that you'd get in the 80s, and he hands it to me. I'm like, uh, it smells bad, looks worse. I take a drink, and fuck, man, it almost tastes exactly like Jägermeister. Take another drink, then next thing I know, I wake up in my car on the beach at dawn. I'm like, what? The last thing I remember, taking a sip of Jäger, this trash Jäger. Next thing I know, it's dawn, I'm on the beach. My car is the car is playing that dopey you know breakfast in america song by super tramp like i don't know where he got it but the receipt for the single is on the seat next to me so he must have bought it just for i don't know anyways so that song's playing i'm like what the hell my mouth tastes like hell the trash yeager is there in my mouth stills and i'm like fuck not again damn it god dang it until oh man wouldn't you know it i look down on the at uh, the passenger seat 
Banjo-Tooie right there. The German Spiel Splosion edition of Banjo-Tooie is sitting right in the passenger seat, sealed in box. Fucking amazing. $500 is gone from my wallet. <laughs> oh man. Hats off to you, Blake Boner. Okay, great. Well, that's gonna do it for this episode. I hope you all had fun. Uh, check it out next time. Bye.